So for the third week now, we've had these stories of vocation, of being called. We had the epiphany where those men from the east saw the star, and they followed that star as they allowed their hearts to be drawn away from their comfort zone to the unknown as they journeyed to meet the new king of the Jews. And then last week we had Samuel, Samuel, God calling a young boy in the temple. And it took him a while to get to be familiar with that voice. In the gospel last week, we had John the Baptist pointing out Jesus. And then John and Andrew went to stay with him. And then they went to tell Simon that they found the Messiah. The beginning this year, we have this constant call. Calling away from what is comfortable to the unknown to the uncomfortable. I don't know what this means for this calendar year. Maybe we're getting set up for something coming later. Who knows? But it's important sometimes to, t- to pay attention to these constant themes that appear through the scriptures. Maybe the Lord is inviting you to be shaken loose from your comfort zone, to what's familiar, what's easy, what you're used to, and calling you into something more. Because regardless of how long we've been walking with the Lord, whether this is your first time in church or you've been in this parish for over 50 years, the Lord's calling you. And so we pray for the grace to have the ears to hear and the courage to follow. In our first reading, the great story of Jonah, it's everyone's favorite story, right? Because he gets swallowed by the whale and spit up on the shore. And that's what leads us to the, the, part, the point in the story that we have today. But we don't get the first part of that story. That's what it says, the Lord came to Jonah saying, set out for a great city. But this is the Lord came to the Jonah a second time to tell him to set out for Nineveh. Jonah had already received his marching orders. He said, no. He clearly heard God's voice and he said, no, I'm not following. God said, go to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish. Like God says, go to Miami, and I'm going to Spokane, Washington. Or maybe Australia, because he got on a boat and went away. He refused. He was obstinate, because he hated the Ninevites. Because who are the Ninevites? The Ninevites are the Assyrians. And the Assyrians are that conquering army that came over and took over the northern tribes of Israel and destroyed everything and brought in their pagan gods, their idol gods, and corrected these these false temples and destroyed the identity. And we're, we're reading a story that's written maybe 100 years after that, so the wounds are still fresh. And to this man... God said, go preach repentance to them. Go preach to them to tell them to turn their life over to me. Those pagans, those Gentiles, those people who have no idea who I am, go introduce me to them. And he said, no, and went the other way. 
Maybe that's the comfort zone that God's beckoning you today to let, let go of. Who are the people in your life that you just don't care for? Who are the people in your life you don't care if they go to hell? And maybe you've told them that a time or two. Who are the people who've hurt you so badly that you can't even imagine God loving them? And if he did, you don't want him to. Because these stories are real from the scriptures. But they're more real because they apply to the reality of our life. And we have to hear them with the ears of faith. So that living word of God becomes alive in our life today. That we're not just hearing a history. But the God who loves you. The God who created you. The God who sent his son to die for you desires more for you than you could ever imagine. But it forces us out of what's comfortable, what's common, what we're used to, to go to something else. Which physically might mean you have to move, you have to leave, you might have to go somewhere. Or it might mean you pick up the phone and not text, but like really pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm sorry. How you been? It's been 20 years. It might be offering your rosary for that family that caused your family so much turmoil. And we see stories in the news all the time about someone whose son is murdered and they get up at the sentencing and there's two or three family members who just crucify that person one more time. And then the mom or the dad or the aunt gets up and says, yeah, you killed my son, you killed my nephew, but I'm a Christian and I must forgive you. I can't even imagine the faith that takes. But this is what we're called to. So Jonah ran away. He wanted no part of it. He did not want to see his enemies saved. And so he jumped on the boat, and the boat started sinking. So the guys on the boat said, hey, you've got to go. You're going to kill us all. So they threw him overboard, and that's when the big fish comes. And for three days and three nights, Jesus says, the sign of Jonah. For three days, he was in the belly of that fish. As three days, Christ was in the tomb. This death and this resurrection. Our life as disciples, again, it doesn't matter how long we've been walking, it requires a constant death and resurrection of dying to what I want, to receiving what God gives. And like Jonah, Jonah got a second chance. Many times we do as well. And so after that episode in the whale, I guess Jonah realized that God was serious. And so he went to this great city. It was three days to pass through. And on his first day, he says, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. What a great message. Proclaim the good news. In 40 days, you're going to die. And then he went up on the mountain to watch it happen. But what happened? The people heard this message. And they repented. From the king down to the animals. They were all, even the animals were wearing sackcloth and ashes as a sign of repentance. Realizing that they were not where they were supposed to be. Realizing that they had made choices that were contrary to God's will and they wanted more for their life. 
So they repented, and that they changed, and God saved them. And then when you go and read the rest of the story, Jonah is still not happy. He's mad that God saved them. He said, just kill me then. If you save them, kill me. The obstinate, the hardness that can take hold of our hearts. Christ comes on the scene in the gospel today. This is his first words in Mark's gospel. Last week we had his first words from St. John's gospel. Today is Mark's gospel. He heard that John had been arrested, so he knew it was his time. The time of fulfillment is here. Repent and believe in the gospel. The same message that Jonah preached, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. To physically, actively, in reality, change your life. The kingdom of God is here. The time for fulfillment is now. The kingdom of God, what's that? That's not just a little place where we go in England where they have a king and a queen and they have a palace and whatever else. A thing that we don't really have an experience with, a physical monarch. But the kingdom of God is a whole new way of life. And this is what Christ is inviting each one of us today. To repent from our current way of life. If we're really amped up because we're in election season and we can't wait to see what happens, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. That we are citizens of heaven, not of this earth. You got a, a horrible medical diagnosis and you can't see past the next five minutes of any kind of hope. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. If your kids have left the faith, if your marriage is on the rocks, repent. The kingdom of God, the whole new way is here. The way of life. And this is what Christ comes to bring each one of us. Life. Again, this is, this is your first day here or you've been here every day. Christ wants to give you new life today. Last week we heard of the initial encounter with three of the men from the gospel today. That John and Andrew and Simon had already met Jesus. So we can imagine that James probably had met him as well. If not, he heard enough of the story that he was ready to go because that's what happened today. It didn't require much. Jesus says, come. They dropped everything and left him. It was a grave sin for a Jewish man to abandon his parents unless it was for the higher calling to follow God. Whatever happened last week when they stayed with him, whatever they encountered with the person of Jesus, they knew this man was different. They knew that this was the Messiah, the saving one, the, the anointed one, the one who had come to set them free. They knew it was him, and they said, I'm coming with you. They immediately dropped everything to follow him. What are you hanging on to? What are you clinging to? What life have you formed for yourself that you can't imagine leaving behind? So, like Jonah, you're going to go the other way for a few more years. Maybe 15 years ago, 17 years ago, I was wrestling with my vocation. Not really sure what God wanted for me. I wanted to be a priest, but maybe I wanted to get married. I wasn't really sure. And there was this lady, I was at Assumption Parish, there was a lady who knew me and knew my struggle and knew my story. 
And one day I was outside of the chapel talking to a friend and she came by. Miss May told me, she said, David, don't be a Jonah. And then she walked away. Don't be a Jonah. Where is the Lord inviting you to move today? What fishing nets? What family ties? What hardness of your heart and unforgiveness? What past sins and shame are you clinging to? The time of fulfillment is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. The Lord is calling. Don't be a Jonah.